0: Hey, welcome to Two Strike Noise. I am Jeff Paulson, sitting right across from me where I can totally see him and everything he does is Mark A. Johnston.
1: Pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to this new show.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. This is a brand new baseball podcast that just to be on the level with everyone is one louder than one strike noise, but we are in all honesty, one quieter than three strike noise.
1: Yes. Yes, we don't want to go as loud as three-strike noise, which is as loud as you can get. Maybe someday we'll get there.
0: Likewise, this should not be confused with two-stroke noise, which is due, of course, to the overlap of intake and exhaust porting in a Uh, motorcycle engine. I
1: I was not aware of that.
0: That's my other podcast, I'm Motorcycle (laughs) Engines.
1: The Motorcycle Podcast? Man, I'd love to help you out on that, but uh, I'm busy that day. So what are we gonna talk about, man? I'm excited.
0: Yeah, let's just let's just set the groundwork here for new <laughs> listeners. This is a baseball podcast, but we're not here to talk about where Bryce Harper or Manny Machado are gonna end up. We're gonna talk about the things that we love about the game, the history, the characters, the stories. Okay. So Mark, I, I have a question for you. What okay. has every major league baseball player for the past 90 years taken to the field with that players before them did not.
1: Well, based on the topic, I'm, I'm going to guess a uniform number.
0: The the topic that we discussed earlier. Yeah, actually that's wrong. The, the correct answer is walk-up music. Oh, walk-up. No, no, no. You're right. It is that topic we agreed upon earlier while planning this out. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I was gonna. I was wondering, like, really early on, if they had walk-up music. Like, did anybody have the walk-up music to the Chattanooga Choo Choo? You know, or anything like that.
0: <laughs> the Lindy Hop. I think that was yeah. uh, Babe Ruth did the Lindy Hop.
1: Yeah, yeah, a classic. That's a That's a good question, though. What would Babe Ruth's walk-up music have been, or what would it be? That's for another show, though. Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: So let's do, let's talk about Jersey numbers and let's start by figuring out when did they happen? Because there's some conflicting reports about this. The The earliest report says 1907, the Reading Red Roses of the Atlantic League. You remember them?
1: No, oh, one of my favorites.
0: All field though, no hit. But yeah. it's, it's unknown if they actually wore these jerseys that had numbers in a game, which I don't. I don't know if they just warmed up with numbers and then took them off. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But The first pictured evidence, though, of an actual jersey being worn with a number on it was Jose Mendez of the Cuban Stars in 1909. Now, the Cuban Stars, of course, were a Negro League team, despite being full of Cuban players, as the name actually tells us. Yes. but he he wore the number 12 on his left shoulder but that is there's no there's no more information about jersey numbers on the Cuban Stars or any other team in 1909 beyond that picture hmm. the Cleveland Indians were the first major league team to wear numbers on their jerseys again on their sleeves during play and that was in 1916 June 26 1916 so that's in the middle of the middle of the season they decided they were going to slap the numbers on there.
1: So, so this was a big, I'm sorry, this was a big innovation back then.
0: This was you just, I think you're out there wearing your, your, your hat and no number on the back and nobody knows who you are. So, right. So football and hockey, they had already started wearing numbers on their jerseys. Okay. Cleveland, this was just an experiment that they tried and they abandoned after a couple of weeks. They, they even tried it again the next season, but again, abandoned it for no reason given. They just, yeah, I didn't like it. Hmm. So 1923 rolls along the St. Louis Cardinals again. Another club. They're going to put numbers on their jerseys. They elect for the sleeves again. It's a very popular in the old timey baseball world, apparently. But they shut it down. And I've got a quote here from Branch Rickey, the Branch Rickey. But at this point, he's with the St. Louis Cardinals. And he said this. This is this is going to be my Branch Rickey old timey voice. Ridicule followed throughout the country, press-wise and otherwise. More particularly, the players were subjected to field criticism from the stands and especially from opposing players. The effect upon the team was bad and busted up the team morale. They didn't want to show themselves on the field because of the continuing embarrassment to the players. The numbers were removed. Oh my God! That, That is what he sounded like. I know it was.
1: Uh, I thought I thought you had an actual quote there.
0: <laughs> that is actual audio. Uh, but just compare that. Branch Tricky saying that to the talk he had to have with Jackie Robinson later about the ridicule he would take on and off the field. And yeah. he's worried about these snowflakes that are just going to get you know called <laughs> out because they now can associate a player with a number.
1: Right. Yeah. Now you can tell that number eight was the one who kicked the ball all over the diamond.
0: so that branch Ricky apparently turns a corner after leaving the the Cardinals a couple of uh, other Negro League teams and some minor league teams gave it a go until finally in 1929 the Yankees decided they were going to wear numbers on the back of their jerseys I'm not sure if you've heard of the 1929 Yankees murderers row
1: Mm, I remember seeing something about that
0: Ruth Gehrig Lazari, yeah doesn't sound familiar
1: actually wait a minute yeah now I know who they' okay yeah yeah sorry
0: I think I've heard of them but <laughs> <laughs> so you know if the Yankees do it everybody's gonna do it from there on That's out right. everybody's wearing numbers on their jerseys but for a time though player numbers were only based on batting order so players would wear numbers one through eight depending on their position in the batting order and the backup catcher would wear number nine and then pitchers would wear 10, 11, 12, and 14.
1: Right. Skipping 13, the unlucky number.
0: It's weird, because I hear baseball players are not superstitious, so that's kind of a strange one there. Hmm. I've found no information about this, but okay, so your left fielder, I realize they have smaller rosters then, but say your left fielder stubs his toe and can't go that day. Does the new left fielder come in, and does he does he have to wear number seven?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: So finally, in 1939, the GM of the Reds, Warren Giles, came up with an idea about jersey numbers, which was kind of how how football had done their jerseys up till this day still, actually. Pitchers would only wear numbers between 30 and 39, outfielders between 20 and 29, infielders between 10 and 19, and catchers and coaches and managers would all be stuck with all the single digit numbers. And while not officially rule, this was actually the norm until the late 70s when, uh, when it became a little bit more liberal. But that rule still applied. And, and still some of those, like the pitcher's numbers, that uh, is still a thing today where a lot of pitchers will fall between that number range. And
1: just kinda just kinda stayed there despite there not being any specific rule about it. It kinda hangs in that area
0: still. Doesn't it look it looks natural when you look out on a mound, especially from that shot in center field, just to see a pitcher in the in the forties, that just seems yeah. natural.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And as we all know now, it's it's a little free for all with numbers. One of the best and most popular players wears number ninety-nine. So it's Everybody take what you want.
1: Jeff, it's kind of interesting that you bring up the very popular number 99. And uh, his his reasons behind wearing number 99, I actually have a quote here from him. Aaron Judge said, I quote, my first day in spring training was with the New York Yankees. That was the number hanging up in my locker. That's what they gave me. That's my number. I don't think you'd turn down a jersey from the New York Yankees. So he didn't even pick it. It was just somebody hung it up in his locker. And he liked it. It stuck with him. And now it's one of the more popular numbers uh, jerseys to buy.
0: And, and for the Yankees, that's what, they, that's what they've always done with their their players coming up that they know are going to be stars. It, you know, the famous story of Derek Jeter being given the number two, the last single digit yes. number for the Yankees. So it's kind of weird that after all of those single digits have been retired, they just started from the other end. And they said, <laughs> Pretty, here's 99. That's what it looked like. 98 will be the next big guy coming down.
1: I'm just glad they haven't moved on to three digits yet. Although I, I believe I did see in spring training, I did see
0: 100-something. Well, we know the Yankees will be the first team that will be forced to to wear three digits.
1: Yeah. Once they've retired 60 numbers, it's going to be very difficult to get
0: back to. You know, But that's what
1: happens when you win 27 World Series.
0: That's like probably 20, 21 more than they really need
1: just some interesting I've got some interesting facts about some of the baseball numbers that have been used in the past and currently I was actually uh you you were brought up 99 and uh, another guy that wore 99 was uh, mitch Wild thing Williams correct and uh, yes and he actually did not originally start off with number nine he wore number 28 and then when the movie major league came out the Rick Vaughn character played by uh, Charlie Sheen was uh, War ninety nine, and he entered to the Wild Thing.
0: Water,
1: In the movie, it was fantastic. It was a really cool character, and it was a lot of fun. Well, Mitch Williams, uh, on seeing this, decided he was going to go to number ninety nine, and he was going to enter to the Trog song Wild Thing as his personal entrance theme.
0: I was a little little disappointed Mitch Williams never wore the the thick black glasses with the cross skulls in between.
1: No, that would have been pretty cool. Or ripped his sleeves off. Right. Well, they wear caps and sleeves at the major league level, you know. So anyway, that said, I found this interesting quote from um, Charlie Sheen. He did not see Mitch Williams uh, as a tribute. He felt that they, that Mitch Williams was stealing his thunder. He said, I was pissed for years at Mitch Williams and said, he never gave me credit. That's what Charlie, Charlie Sheen said. He wasn't real happy about the whole wild thing popping up in the real baseball world. So that was uh, a brief history of 99. And then some interesting, like you were talking about the one through 10 or the one, yeah, one through nine numbers. Being used by the Yankees and so on, popular, uh, uh, real popular numbers, of course. Well, we should we should say that forty two was incredibly popular for years until they retired it. A lot of players wanted to wear forty two because of Jackie Robinson. But way up there, ranking, uh, Willie Mays was the first real you know center fielder who wore twenty four, and then pretty much everybody followed him. Ken Griffey Jr. et cetera, et cetera, all wearing the number twenty four. Now people wear 24 to emulate Ken Griffey Jr. So it's kind of interesting how it's been taken from one generation to the next. Uh, I know 24 is kind of a popular number worth you too, uh, Jeff.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're skipping one popular 24 that also credited Willie Mays (laughs) for wanting to wear that number.
1: I was going to let you mention
0: him. Ricky Henderson, the original GOAT.
1: The, The greatest base stealer ever. Yeah, Ricky wore 24. Griffey wore 24. A lot of guys, when you see, you'll see, uh, just turn on a game at random and you'll see a number 24 in center field. Another number, and I didn't really think about this until I started doing a little more research. Number five, of course, retired by the New York Yankees for Joe DiMaggio. But if you take a look, there's some pretty major players who also wore number five. A guy named Johnny Bench, pretty good hitter named George Brett, and more recently, Albert Pujols wore number five. And a lot of these guys based uh, wanting to wear number five on Joe DiMaggio.
0: Exactly. Joe DiMaggio was the original number five.
1: Yep. So interesting. And then going back to when I was really little, I remember Reggie Jackson being really popular, wearing wearing number 44. Now, I believe he wore 44 because it was Hank Aaron's number. And, of course, Hank Aaron hit more home runs than anybody else in baseball history, despite what... uh, other people may say he did all his legally and fair. Anyway, Hank Aaron, number 44. It, you don't take number 44 unless you're going to hit a lot of home runs. I mean, at least it seems that way, wouldn't you say?
0: Both contemporary and uh, kind of historical, that number 44. Let's compare notes on on 44 power hitters. Who do you have?
1: Well, I have the guys I just mentioned, Hank Aaron, of course, the all-time great, and, and Reggie Jackson, another Hall of Famer, who wore 44.
0: Sure, we've also got Willie McCovey. For the Giants, a little bit more recent, Adam Dunn, who either hit mm. home run or strike out, and then two, two now rivals in the NL Central, Anthony Rizzo and Paul Goldschmidt, both wear 44 as well.
1: Interesting. You, you've you've got to have uh, some confidence to put the number 44 on your back because you, you're not going to go out there with a
0: <laughs> Rafael Belliard was never going to wear number 44.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you're going to go out there with the number 44, you're going to get compared to the big heavy hitter, number 44. So it took some confidence for those guys to put 44 on and it's pretty impressive.
0: I think there should be a, a minimum number of home runs you hit before you can wear that. Like if, if in the previous season you hit 21 home runs, you're not allowed to wear 44. It's gotta be like 30 and over.
1: That I think that, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. How about, uh, here's one for you. What did John Smoltz, Rod Carew, and Adrian Beltre all have in common? And that would be the number 29. Three, you know, from different eras uh, who were all top quality Hall of Famer types. We'll see about Adrian Beltre as he just retired. But 29, 29 is real popular amongst um, some of the greats of the last few generations too. I think... We're going to see a surge in use of the number 27 because of a guy named Mike Trout. I think people are already starting to emulate Mr. Trout, his ridiculously amazing abilities at playing the game of baseball. So he put on the number 27. I, don't, I couldn't find a reason for him wearing 27, but I, I think you're going to see a lot more 27s here in four or five years.
0: That's his minimum number of home runs he's going to hit every year.
1: Yeah, minimum. A personal note, I want to throw in a couple numbers. 45 is an awesome number for me because it was Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson's one of my absolute heroes. If, if you really want to look up something interesting, look up the 1968 St. Louis Cardinals and check out Bob Gibson's numbers on that team. They changed the rules after 68 because Gibson was too dominant. They actually brought the mound down. I had the chance... To ask him about that one time when I met Bob Gibson, I almost froze up and I went uh, uh, and then I finally was able to get out. Oh, yeah. Hey, they changed the rules because of your 1968 season. And he looked me in the eye and he said, yeah, they did. And it made me mad, too. I said, <laughs> "Man, what made me mad, too. So, you know, it is one of those times and it's very few and far between one of those times where they actually changed a rule because uh, number 45 was just too, too dominant. You know, so when a player's that good that they change the rule for you, we got to point out. I don't see a lot of people wearing forty-five, and uh, maybe a a pitcher or two should uh, run with that number because Bob Gibson was a
0: man. Just that number was intimidating too. At that point, I mean, he's he was Nolan Ryan Absolutely. long before Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is famous for those bow ties. When you step up there and do something he doesn't like, that next one's going to come up neck high and inside. That was Bob Gibson. <laughs> yes. Nobody, Robin Ventura would not have been charging the mound if Bob Gibson was out there. He was one intimidating man.
1: Yeah, That's, he, intimidation was his game, and he backed it up with some amazing pitching. On a personal note, I have worn the number 34 on any baseball, softball, slow pitch team that I have played on since 1980. That was when Nolan Ryan, my favorite player of all time, signed with the Houston Astros and took the number 34. He used to wear the number 30 with the then California angels, now the Anaheim or the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, California angels had number 30, Nolan Ryan, He went to Houston took number 34 and then he carried that on to uh, the Texas Rangers in in a side note here, number 34, because of Nolan Ryan and some other great players in other sports, as well as baseball, I do have the number 34 tattooed on my chest. And I'm not going to post that anywhere because no one really needs to see that. But that's how big of a deal it was to me to have the number 34. So anytime I was on a team, I could say, I get number 34. <laughs> Anybody disputes it, I'll go, I have a tattooed on my chest. Ah, I get number 34. So it's, that's a big deal. Plus, you know that my phone number is in 3434. My email address is, I'll have 34. I've been trying to buy a house, thirty-four, thirty-four, thirty-fourth 34th Street, but I can't really find one uh, outside of Toronto. Other than that, other than moving to Canada, I'm stuck where I am without a 34.
0: A lot of good stories about a lot of money changing hands too for those players when they come to a new team. I I know we we mentioned my favorite player, Ricky Henderson, when he uh, ended up being traded to the blue Jays. Uh, When he got there, he, he wore number 35, which was his original number when he first came up with Oakland because Turner Ward was, uh, was driving a hard bargain to get that number 24, Turner Ward. He's oh. he had, had that kind <laughs> of pull apparently, but Ricky, he eventually got it. Then he of course, re-signed with the A's after that and Ron Hassey had already reclaimed number 24, but he was a lot cheaper. Oh. Uh, he just had to, a case of beer was all it took to, to lift number 24 back from Ron Hassey. Interesting. There
1: are also a couple of stories about, I know, Somebody had Mitch Williams's ninety-nine, and I think it was John Cruck. And Cruck said, "Yeah, I'll give you the jersey number, but you have to buy me a couple of cases of beer." So that's what it cost him to get it. Whereas other players have paid in the thirty and forty thousand dollar range to coax a player into giving up their number. But a couple of cases of beer, not so bad.
0: It seems to me in the in the in the eighties, maybe beer was like currency, like cigarettes in prison. <laughs>
1: in baseball beer was currency yeah i I like jackie bradley jr's reason for wearing 19 he wore it in school he was born april 19th and uh, this is interesting his mother was in labor with him for 19 hours jackie is a big fan of jackie robinson you know jackie he's named after him and obviously he can't wear 42 anymore however jackie robinson was born in 1919 so the 19 popped up numerous times for Jackie Bradley Jr. and he wears ever since college has worn the number 19. So there's the the reasons for different uniform numbers range from superstition to wanting to emulate somebody or pay a tribute to hey it's what they gave me the first day and that's what I've worn ever since then.
0: I've got one one more good one that I thought was was rather humorous from David Wells who's he was always kind of a he kind of March to his own beat he wore number three when he was with the red Sox for his favorite player babe ruth then he he got traded or signed i don't remember but he became a yankee and so he wants to wear number three there they had to break it to him that of course no you can't wear that because because of babe ruth you know we actually retired his number he then wore the number 33 because twice yes. as good you know you got two threes yes in there. That's that's how number thirty three came about that's for funny. for David Wells. In that's New funny. York.
1: Yeah, a lot of good stuff out there. And I know you mentioned that baseball players are not remotely superstitious. No, but it seems to me that they are a little superstitious about these numbers for some reason or another. So it, I see why it's a big deal to a lot of
0: people. Can Can you think of a player? And not just a, a, an you know, not a backup infielder, but he, an actual star that changed his number during the middle of his career and, and kept it. So I'm not talking about being traded and having mm-hmm. to bargain for something. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm thinking like I, I just came up with Manny Ramirez when he left the, the Red Sox to go to the mm-hmm. Dodgers in war number 99 the Dodgers and wore that through the rest of his career it wasn't many years after that but can you think of you know Michael Jordan wore two numbers Kobe Bryant wore two numbers LeBron I think has worn well I think LeBron might have been 23 his whole career but point being in other sports these superstars will sometimes change a number and keep it can can you think of anybody in in baseball no, that's not, done that?
1: I mean not off the top of my head I you know I, like you said
0: well like Nolan Ryan there you go. You're your I'm not guy, sure why Nolan he Ryan. didn't
1: keep 30. I really don't know. And and being a Nolan Ryan historian, I feel bad about that. Yeah, he did go from 30 to 34 in 1980. One, I I kind of that kind of changed, but I can see why he changed it. It wasn't just from random chance. But and then another Red Sox player who idolized the Yankees, Xander Bogarts, his favorite player of all time was Derek Jeter. Uh, after Jacoby Ellsbury went to the Yankees, Xander Bogarts picked up number two. So he changed to emulate a, another Yankee. So it's kind of weird. Then I remember a story about uh, Benito Santiago wanting to stay number nine, but wanted to have double digits on his back. So he became O nine. 9 Benito. Yeah.
0: I loved seeing that 0-9 in, in that me Padres up. uniform. Yeah. That was a beautiful <laughs> was thing. Another was classic. Another uh, catcher uh, and another Yankee, Joe Girardi. He wore number 27 when he took over managing for the Yankees. And then he changed his number to number 28 after leading the Yankees to their 27th World Series title in 2009. And fortunately, he got <laughs> stuck at 28 before he was- See,
1: I didn't know that. Great. But
0: Joe Girardi, of course, did that, as I mentioned, while managing the Yankees, which leads us into our next section about retired numbers, because that's something the Yankees know quite a bit about as they are on pace yes. to soon run out of numbers. The first Major League Baseball player to have his number retired was actually a Yankee. It was Lou Gehrig, number four. And we, we, mentioned, we mentioned four just now, and we mentioned number five earlier. Those have both each been retired by eight separate teams, which is the highest number. It, they're the two that have been gotcha. retired the most. The uh, highest player uniform number to be retired was Carlton Fisk for the White Sox, number 72. The Cardinals, though... Not to be outdone, then retired number eighty five in honor of their one time owner, Augusta Bush Jr, though he never obviously wore a uniform, although that would be pretty cool in yeah. the owner's box if he did, but that was how old he was at the time of the honor oh, okay he was eighty five the Cleveland Indians they have retired number four hundred and fifty five because of course. In uh, 2001, they did this in honor of the fans. And I'm assuming that that's Indians fans, not just fans in general, to commemorate the longest home sellout streak ever at that point. yeah, So good for them. That's like saying, oh, I was the time person of the year that that year that they time (laughs) named everybody the person of the year. You can say you've had your number retired by the Cleveland Indians. (laughs) That's right. One does have to pad a resume every now and then. So, eight players and one manager, Casey Stengel, have had their numbers retired by more than one team. You already yes. mentioned one, Nolan Ryan, numbers 30 and 34. Yes. Among three different teams. Carlton Fisk, I mentioned that his number 72 was retired. And don't forget, he wore number 27 when he was at the Red Sox. And if you put two and two together, you can see how he got those two numbers. They're both retired as are Reggie Jackson's number nine and 44, respectively, for the A's and the Yankees. You've covered already Jackie Robinson, the uh, number 42 being retired in 1997. And it was just a couple of years ago when Mo Rivera retired. He was the last one that was yep. grandfathered in.
1: No one can wear 42, 42, 42 anymore.
0: Except for everybody, of <laughs> course, on <laughs> well, Jackie yeah, Robinson. Well, yeah, except for day. one day a year. So the Yankees themselves have retired more numbers than any other team they have retired 19 numbers for 20 players. Number eight has actually been retired twice for Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey. And as we mentioned already, all non-zero single-digit numbers are now gone, out the door, no more. They, they yeah. started over. I think you also mentioned that the uh, the Seattle Mariners did something cool in August of 2016. They retired the number 24 throughout their organization right. in honor of Ken Griffey Jr.'s induction into hall of fame which is yeah that's really cool I, yeah I, I like that idea seems
1: like the mariners uh, have one of the best managing or uh, marketing departments in baseball they always come up with cool stuff like that
0: that's how you get gene segura <laughs> into the all-star game they are the best the strangest thing that i that i came up with in terms of numbers and and retiring them was the florida slash miami marlins which If you expect to read a story about something being mismanaged, that's probably one of the teams (laughs) you're going to think of. And that's exactly what happened. So they actually, uh, before they ever played a game, they retired a number. They retired number five in honor of Carl Barger, who was the year. He was their first president. The winter meetings in 1992, the Marlins set to play their first game the next season in 93. But at the winter meetings, he had an aneurysm and actually passed away. So on that first game ever, the next year, they retired number five in his honor, and they retired number five because that was Joe DiMaggio's number, who was his favorite player. But as I said, you know, this being a mismanagement story, in 2012, they unretired it. Now you say, well, well, how do you unretire a number? Why would you do that? Well, you do that if one Mr. Logan Morrison comes knocking on your door and says, I want to wear yes. number five because I'm Logan Morrison. <laughs> so they said, Yeah, sure. I mean, what's <laughs> they've really paid that guy quite an honor if somebody of the stature of Logan Morrison asks for it. And at this point, he's probably a rookie. Yeah, and why like, not? Hey,
1: hey, it's sure. Lomo. So now you were talking about, did, didn't you mention number five?
0: We we mentioned that one is, along with number four, has been retired by eight teams. A little side note, in, in
1: 1940, the Cincinnati Reds retired number five for a guy named Willard Hirschberger, who had taken his own life during the season. And so they retired it uh, in his honor. And then it was returned to service in 1942. So people could, again, you know, it was retired for two years for Hirschberger and then people could use it again and then it was retired again in 1984 for some guy named johnny bench five had a a a short stint of being retired returned back to service and now it's good and retired you know representing the best catcher in the game
0: that's that's nice that's kind of like that's kind of like flying the flag at half mass for a little while to show your respect but there are. I, I remember, you know, Daryl Kyle. I believe, I think he was 57 for mm-hmm. the for the Cardinals when he passed away. I think they've retired his number. I think that number is retired. It's it's a nice it's a nice show sure. of respect when teams do that. So really, as many numbers as there are, there are equally as many, and and probably much much more reasons why a player ends up wearing a particular number.
1: Yeah. and One I thought was pretty interesting. was Adam Ottavino, the Rockies. He wants to wear zero because it's, you know, represents the O for his last name. And uh, so it was with the Cardinals. They were like, no, we don't do a zero. Sorry, pal. When he ended up with the Rockies, they said, sure, we don't care. We're, we're number zero. So Ottavino actually wears the number zero to represent his last name. Interestingly, the, the Cardinals, you know, maybe they have some sort of hatred for The I don't even know if it's a number. Is zero a number? It's just a placeholder. Maybe that's why they didn't like it. Maybe that's why they wouldn't let him wear it because it's not a real number.
0: You know who would have let him wear it? Who's that? The Marlins. Because they'll let anybody wear any number (laughs) for any reason, whether it's retired or not.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, and and maybe he'll end up with with the Marlins just for the sake of having a a good number like that. Did you mention earlier numbers that have never been used? Because that's kind of interesting.
0: I I think we were talking about... We were talking about that beforehand, and we both found some yeah, conflicting yeah. information. Um,
1: mine is a little older information, so I would say that yours is probably more accurate. But we both agreed that the number ninety-two has never been worn in the major leagues. Correct?
0: Correct. Nobody, nobody is. We had one close. Pat Nishak wore number ninety-three last season, and he was the first player ever. Was to he wear a that
1: defensive number. lineman in college or something?
0: I know Pat Nishak. He is a baseball historian. He collects baseball cards. He he loves the history of the game. I'm really wondering if maybe he wore that number just because it hadn't been worn before.
1: That would be one of the coolest reasons for wearing a number I've ever heard.
0: We had another one last year as well. Adam Cinder, the reliever for the Cleveland Indians, he wore number 90, oh, which go. had not been worn before.
1: Yeah, and now my information said, and it, I admit my information is probably wrong, because you were able to correct it, uh, 82, 83, and 84 had not been worn in the majors, but we know Prince Fielder wore 84, but there was even someone prior to Prince Fielder that wore number 84, J.T.
0: Snow. Mr. J.T. Snow. So 84 has been worn, yeah. 83, we, we found out that Eric Gagne and Justin Turner, both relatively contemporary, ones still in the game, wore those no- that number, but it was number 82 that we were a little bit unsure about. All I could find was our favorite superhero yes. of the day, Johnny Laser. Yes, from Johnny Laser,
1: who went on to do a bunch of uh, B sci-fi movies,
0: I believe. And then he headed a, a punk band in the 80s in London as well. Yes,
1: it was called uh, Septuagenarian, I believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Punk knows no age. That's right. So you mentioned you mentioned Adam Adovito. So, yeah, that number zero has been worn by a lot of guys for such a clever reason. I've got Junior Ortiz, Al Oliver. Uh, They both wore number zero because of the O's in their name. Oda B. McDowell wore number zero as well. Uh, I'm guessing you can guess why. I today just happened to see a video of Ray Ordonez, shortstop for the the New York Mets, when he was a sensation, there he likewise wore the number zero. And I yes, that's guess very impressive.
1: Why. I think it's probably because they don't like mathematics. So wearing zero shows it's sort of a protest against mathematics. That's the only thing I can come up
0: with. Do you remember the the uh, the pitcher Omar Olivares? Sure. Guess what number he wore.
1: I'm gonna totally take a stab and say seven. No wait, wait, wait,
0: double zero. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> He probably came up with the number seven.
1: That's really cool, actually, to have your initials be O O and wear double zero.
0: I I don't want to cool. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I think that's probably the only set of initials you can do that with.
1: You know, you're probably right, and unless you wanted your name was first and last name started with an I and you wore eleven, that's not the same, but it's or close.
0: If a team could just start using Roman numerals, then that would be that would be great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be uh, unending. And, and maybe, maybe a player out there who spells his name with an X, a V, an I, a C, and an M could really put his name and number as the exact same.
0: I just want to put this out there to some, some marketing teams. This seems like a whole new set of jerseys that you can sell. Mm-hmm. The
1: Roman numeral jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
0: Dollar signs. I, I,
1: I would buy, I would definitely buy XXXIV for 34 for sure.
0: So I've got, some, I've got some other number number oddities. The okay. uh, number 49, this one, once I read it, I, a light went off in my head. Traditionally sought out by knuckleball-throwing pitchers. Really? Uh, Charlie Huff, Tim Wakefield, Tom Candiotti, all of them number 49. Interesting. I had no idea. Another number, though, to do with pitching is the number 18, and it has to do with a lot of Japanese pitchers. That is often reserved in Japanese baseball for the ace of the staff. So a lot of these pitchers, when they come over, they are, are always looking to be number 18. So Hareki Kurodo, Daisuke Matsuzaka, Hasashi Iwakuma, they were all 18. And just earlier oh. this week, the Mariners uh, announced the signing of Yusei Kikuchi, and I saw he will likewise be wearing number eighteen. So it, it continues with the Japanese you pitchers.
1: You know, what you just did, Jeff. You just tied baseball history into a story this week. I'm very impressed.
0: Oh well, I, I've got uh, I've got plenty of current information about numbers. How about, and I will give you every every dollar in my wallet if you can tell me what jersey number was worn by the most players in the 2018 season.
1: Ooh, that is a good question. Um, man, I, I don't really have a guess because I can't really put together any reasoning for it. Uh, I'll just say 12?
0: Number 46. Really? 46 was worn by 30 different players during the 2018 season. And I think I did put a little bit of, of reason behind this. That is traditionally a, a middle reliever number if you follow baseball, you know, there's a lot of middle relievers. <laughs> so I'm guessing that of those 30 players, it it could have even been two or three guys on one team might've worn number 46, but that was the, uh, that was by far the, the Jersey that was worn most last year.
1: Yeah. Interesting. That's good to
0: know. I've got two more things here that I, that I found amusing both having to do with the Detroit Tigers and some of their most famous players. First, uh, Lou Whitaker, in 1985, elected to the All-Star Game in Minnesota, mm-hmm. got there to the uh, the Metrodome, ready to go for the game, and realized he did not bring a jersey. So he had to have somebody run up to the gift shop in the Metrodome, and they bought him a replica jersey, one of those, those T-shirt jerseys, and uh, they <laughs> with, with a magic marker they put in his number on the back and I've I've got a picture of it here and it's hilarious you can see through the shirt you can see his undershirt underneath it the one is completely off center <laughs> and this this is how he had to play the all-star game in 1985 that's funny my yeah. uh, my, my next favorite one actually we're going to stray away from the tigers for a minute and talk about eric davis for the Reds, okay. who I liked Eric Davis. He was number 40, another number 44. Not not the traditional power hitter, but a number 44. He, he, had pop. he debuted in 1984, May 19th. Showed up, called him up. I'm imagining he probably, I can just see him arriving at the clubhouse right as the uh, teams are taking the field or maybe even shortly after the game started. And the, uh, the equipment manager realizes they don't have any spare jerseys with numbers on them. So he had to go out there and they actually put him in as a pinch hitter where he uh, he grounded out, but he went up to the plate with no name or number on his back. Just a a plain jersey. That is that is the only player I could find history of not wearing a jersey number since Murderous Row decided that it was cool to do so.
1: Wow. Now, see, I had no idea. That's that's really cool. I. See the things you can learn on this show. I'm telling you.
0: So that's uh, that's that's everything I've got for for Jersey numbers and where do they come from? How are they made? Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's some very interesting information that we that we came up with when something that you kind of just take for granted these days. And and also it's yeah. it's really an identity, isn't it? I mean, when you think of 24, you you probably first thing you see is is Ken Griffey Jr. the back of his jersey. Yes. When I think of 24, I see Ricky Henderson, you know, the back of his jersey with that number 24. It's, it's pretty, right. pretty cool that you can, you can be identified with a number so so closely like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. and, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, the movie Major League, how 99 was the choice of Wild Thing. Rick Vaughn became the choice of Wild Thing. Mitch Williams. Here's, a, here's an interesting little piece of information that I picked up. I think you might like this. Um, In the movie, The Natural, uh, Roy Hobbs and the equipment manager are talking about which number he should wear. And uh, Roy Hobbs says, what about nine? And the equipment manager says, nine. Oh, you got me on that one. Because he keeps finding stuff that's wrong with all the other numbers. So come to find out that Redford himself, Robert Redford, had asked to wear the number nine. He wanted to be a left-handed power hitter wearing the number nine. He was a huge fan of Ted Williams. And... So when you see Never heard number of... nine Roy Hobbs, <laughs> when you see number nine Roy Hobbs, it was, it was intentionally meant to be, this guy is, is, can hit the ball like Ted Williams.
0: All right, so now is a, is a portion uh, of, of this cast where we like to do something that we like to call, and so we do, second best. Your second best. Better than most of the rest. Not better than number one. Number one is better than anyone. What this is, is one of us will come up with a topic where we pretty much can not, maybe not universally agree on what the best of something is, but typically there's a smaller pool of what people consider is the best. So, our question is what is the second best answer to the given category and so, I'm going to come up with the topic for today. Mark has not heard this topic; he'll have a little bit of time to think about it. while, I explain my answer, but my question today is who is your second best your second favorite player so we've already hmm. we've already determined that I think you're well i don't I, I know you've got two two players, so I'm not going to answer for you, but I think we've already determined my all-time favorite player is Ricky Henderson. So my second favorite is somebody that Mark knows of quite well. Terry Steinbach. I am
1: Oh, the great Terry Steinbach.
0: I am an A's fan, and Terry Steinbach was always my second favorite player, followed closely by Dave Stewart, but those were were the guys that I always paid the most attention to Ricky and Steiny, And then when Stu was on the mound. So, well, clearly, Terry Steinbach is not the second best player behind Ricky Henderson. In my mind, he was my favorite uh, excited. He's I've seen him join the A's broadcast a couple of times when they've been in Minnesota. And he's still exactly the same. He's a corn fed Midwest guy. No nonsense guy. And always enjoy seeing when he comes back here to Oakland for a game.
1: Yeah, he's great, down to earth, smart. He was a he was a thinking catcher too. He knew how to call a game. Easy Steinbeck was was solid.
0: And, and Jack McDowell, for some reason, did not care for him and hit him every single year <laughs> when the White Sox would play the A's every single year. Once in the head, he was the he was the first one I ever saw Steinbach, that would wear a helmet with the. The, the protection in front of your kind of your jawline right. that is now optional yeah. and anybody can wear that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. He's he's the first guy I remember seeing wear that.
0: Let's, let's hear your, I, I guess so everybody can get a baseline, your favorite player and then your second favorite.
1: Well, my favorite player, of course, and we've kind of discussed this as Nolan Ryan, big number 34 always has been, always will be. You know, what can you say about a guy with, that struck over 5,700 batters out over his career? And, uh, you know, I've I've been a fan of his since I was a little kid, and he has always been just a stand-up guy to me. So he's my favorite of all time. Now, that said, I grew up in the Seattle area, so big fan of the Seattle Mariners, and there is one guy that stands out as providing me the most entertainment I ever had as a Mariners fan, and and that would be number 24, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, best position player I ever saw play.
0: I thought you were going to say Jeff Cirillo. That was my bad.
1: Cirillo was, you know, it was tough to cross him off the list, but he was one of my last. But no, you know, if you got to see Ken Griffey Jr. play live and in person, you probably got to see him put on some kind of a show at some point or another. Just absolutely the most entertaining player. You know, I would say he's my favorite position player of all time. Nolan Ryan's my favorite player of all time, also my favorite pitcher. So my second favorite player of all time, a guy by the name of Ken Griffey Jr., pretty good player, not not as obscure as I would like my second favorite player to be, but I have to be honest. I could have said Joe Schlobotnik, which is uh,
0: isn't that Charlie uh, Charlie Brown's, Brown's favorite?
1: Favorite, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that, I, you can't go wrong with either of those players, and and like we yeah. said, this one, this one, well, really, all of these second best topics are really going to be personal. They're going to be open to, to personal uh, sure. choice, but you can't go wrong with with either of those two players. It's fun to thing to think about rather than just you know the guy that we always talk about. It's fun to think about who came after him in your mind yeah and my, right. my favorite and your favorite are actually intertwined because if you remember who nolan ryan's five thousand career strikeout was that's right it was ricky it was in it was ricky and there's a there's a ricky story which i don't i have never been able to confirm or deny this one i don't remember who the catcher was for the rangers that night might have been like gino petrolli i think might have been the name yeah i remember i heard a story That when Ricky came up to the plate, he asked the catcher if he could give Nolan Ryan the ball after the strikeout. (laughs) That's great. So whether that means he struck out on purpose to just be the 5000th guy, which I don't see that being the case, but it's a good story anyway.
1: Not with Ricky. With me, yes. Or with Ricky, no.
0: Well, it wouldn't have been on purpose if it was you or I. Let's be honest. (laughs) If Nolan Ryan was out there throwing at, you know, that grunt and throwing, I would have bailed out of that batter's box before he ever released the ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Very intimidating guy. And uh, in in all honesty, this is one of my, that one of the things that I've always, if I ever had the chance to, to meet Nolan Ryan and in a position where I could do this, I would actually like him to stand on the mound and actually plunk me with a fastball. I, I know I, my, my fantasies are a little weird, but it, that's one of my baseball fantasies to get plunked by Nolan Ryan. I just think it would be awesome. Yeah. You know, Nolan Ryan, I faced him once really what happened. Oh, well, he hit me square in the ribs. You know, I can deal with a little bit of pain for that story.
0: I would hate to see what kind of baseball fantasy camp that would happen. In. <laughs> that's, that's a different, yeah. different show again.
1: Granted. I, I would want to wear a helmet, you know, and stuff. I don't just want to walk out there and hover over the plate and say, hit me in the stomach. But uh, you know, I would act like I was going to try and take a swing at it and then just take it in the shoulder or the ribs or whatever and fall to my fall onto the ground and brush myself off and say, yeah, I just got plunked by Nolan Ryan. It'd be sweet.
0: Well, I think that'll about wrap up our, uh, our first episode here on uh, Jersey numbers and everything you could possibly ever want to know about them.
1: It's been a pleasure, Jeff.
0: As always, uh, likewise with you. Thank you all for listening. And until then, we will see you next time on Two Strike Noise.